Hello, Cornhusker fans. Welcome to the Five Heart Podcast. This is Todd Wolverton, your temporary host. As we wait for Greg to join us, he had kid <laughs> duty this evening. I'm joined by the ever-exciting, dashing, dumbass-looking, do-rag-wearing, founder of Coronation, John Johnston. John, it must be cold in Minneapolis right now because of your head attire. Does this, uh, does this make me look fat? <laughs> no, I look fat without wearing a head thing. You don't look fat. You look like some kind of a wannabe biker, gangbanger, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, guy. A miscreant of society. Is that what you're trying to say? Miscreant would be good. Miscreant. Maybe you shouldn't judge people so harshly, Todd, you fucker. Well, maybe I shouldn't, but turnabout is fair play the way I look at it. So uh, I had to. You know what? It, it is getting cold. And as if you notice, I have my heavy robe on. And I, uh, we don't turn the heat up early in the winter. I did notice that. I'm actually way, way, way. As we broadcast this, as we record this, I'm way out in western Nebraska in Scotts Bluff. And uh, yesterday it got into the mid-70s, mid and today it was in the 60s. So it is an uh, incredibly mild fall out here where the cattle outnumber human beings like 100 to 1. Have you, have you talked to people about Scott Frost? Out here, no, I haven't. But I did what see Scott's Bluff Monument, and I saw Chimney Rock. Wow, but I have not. Seen that. I've not. I, I've been in schools. I'm doing my job, and I have not had opportunity to talk Husker football, other than the fact that people do still enjoy driving all the way into Lincoln and watching the beloved Huskers play. Speaking of the beloved Huskers playing, we're recording early this week because all of our schedules are just crap. And so, so Nebraska just got done losing to Creighton. Should I talk about basketball for two minutes? Why don't you talk about, I'll give you five. I'll give you five minutes to talk I, about Nebraska basketball. I, I did do an instant reaction video on YouTube. Uh, maybe Greg can turn that into a podcast too. But, uh, you know, it was, I don't know, it's disappointing to lose to Creighton. But the thing is, Nebraska came out, I think they scored the first five points. And then Creighton went on a tear. And at one point led 25 to 10. And a large part of that was because uh, Lonjo Verge had started as our point guard. And uh, he does me ball. He does hero ball. He's dribble, dribble, shoot guy. And he really has to learn how to assist. He has to learn to move the ball around. Because when he's doing his dribble, dribble, shoot crap, the rest of the basketball team just stands there and kind of watches him. And that, I don't think they help him much. And we really need him when it comes to Big Ten play. So I think Hoiberg right now is starting him. So he gets him on the floor and says, this is not what I want you to do. Because right after they got up like 25 to 10, Kobe Webster came in the game and the entire complexion of the game changed. Nebraska caught up, uh, was behind at one point. I think it was 36 to 35, but they went on to lose. What is it? 77 to 69. But it turned into be a really good game to watch. Uh, Creighton has some good players that just made their shots. They shot better than Nebraska did overall. But I think you see flashes that absolute brilliance from uh, the Nebraska team, and it's important that we figure out what our lineups are before Big Ten play. So flashes you know, of brilliance—a term that I've used to describe the offense on the football team. Yeah. Now, John, what you're describing here sounds very similar to what I heard you guys talk about last year relative to basketball. I am horrible with names, but the complexion changed a great deal when the young man that graduated from Boys Town that was, you know, played well, he actually played out here in Scotts Bluff in junior college when he was on the floor. And Kenny Buckets. Uh, there you go very similar to what you're describing with Verge on the floor. And when he was off the floor, the complexion of the game changed. Yeah. I, I, I don't, he, the thing about having guys like Alonjo Verge or Teddy buckets last year 
is they can tend to take over a game, but they tend to be a lot about themselves. And the, here's the key. Last year when we had that guy playing, we needed people who could score, and he provided that when we were in droughts. This year, we have plenty of people who can score. We have a lot of depth, I think, in terms of just pure shooters. Uh, they haven't all taken off yet, but I think the key is you're gonna, you have enough guys that can shoot the ball well that you're going to have a guy that's going to be hot on any given night. So what they need to do better than they've done before under Fred Hoiberg is distribute the ball and move it around. You know, and that's that's what they haven't done under Hoiberg. And a part of that is getting this team that's still a young team. I mean, there's a lot of new faces uh, to get the chemistry right, to get the lineups right, to get them used to playing with each other again before we go into Big Ten play, because that's where this counts. Now, I saw something on Twitter that Trey McGowan's apparently has a broken foot. Yes, that sucks. That's a setback. I, I love I love watching him play. Number one, he's. The key, the, why Kobe Webster came on the floor in the game change is because Kobe Webster has experience. You know what I mean? He knows, like, Walker a little bit better, you know, or Lat Man. He knows those guys and what they're going to do. So he's a little bit more experienced playing Nebraska's uh, offense under Fred Hoiberg and basketball for Nebraska. So, you know, McGowan has spent a year here. Trey McGowan has spent a year here. And losing him, I think, is going to hurt. But again, that just means that Alonzo Verge is going to have to, you know, pick it up a little bit faster. Well, the other disappointing thing about the game is that uh, Bryce McGowan's the NBA lottery kid, the five-star recruit kid, only had I think six points, but he didn't get the ball. They didn't give him the ball. They didn't distribute the ball. So you got to do that to your one of your best players. Well, there's no question that Coach Hoiberg, you know, has. Uh, the wisdom and the experience necessary to make the adjustments that need to be made. And, um, you know, it still is early in the season. This is only the third time that this team's been out on the floor together when it matters. So hopefully uh, we, we start to see them, uh, that chemistry that you described earlier, hopefully that chemistry develops a little bit and the team, uh, you know, starts playing a little bit better than what we've seen so far in the early part of the season. So um, anything else you want to say about basketball, John? No, I think they're going to be fun to watch. I, I look forward to watching basketball this year, mostly because I don't really have any expectations. You know what I mean? I mean, we're sure. the worst power program in history. So <laughs> you just got to watch and you go, you know, the thing about this is you can watch and if we're good, it's going to be fun because we have some fun players to watch. And if we're not good, I, I guess you don't let it piss you off for a week, which can sometimes happen with football. You're all just walking around in a malaise. So, you know, I think we're going to – I hope people watch because, uh, you know, because I guess having hope for a good basketball team is better than just sitting around bitching. Yeah, I'm coming up with the same fucking arguments to bitch about Scott Frost and the football team over and over and over. Well, if nothing we'll have, else. We'll have a chance to do that in a few minutes. But yeah. um, also it's that time of year and, and, you know, we, we do need, I think, to give a shout out to Amy Williams and the women's basketball team. They're off to a good start uh, in, in their non-conference play. Uh, you know, just reading a, a little bit about some of their games, it sounds like they've got some exciting young players on, on that team. And uh, you know, so I think that uh, they're, they're worth watching, and, and I hope that Nebraska fans do tune in when they have opportunity, you know, to watch the women play. Uh, wrestling season has started. Nebraska uh, participated in what they're calling the Nebraska Duels, uh, where they wrestled kind of a round robin with Kearney State and Shadron State. And, uh, you know, Kearney State is currently ranked two in the nation in Division Two. Shadron State has had good wrestlers. Uh, Nebraska uh, beat both of them handily last week to no surprise, and, and they should. They're the number ninth ranked team in Division I. Uh, but they won handily, and they wrestled quite a few reserves at times to give some guys some mat time and take a look at them under, under the bright lights. Uh, tomorrow night, Nebraska hosts North Carolina uh, from the ACC, North Carolina uh, is coached by Coleman Scott. And, and I'm not sure if Kenny Monday is still there as an assistant or not, but, um, you know, good quality coaching. And they had a national champion last year. 
uh, O'Connor, who uh, will wrestle, I think, at 157. So there'll be some good good matches tomorrow night, and, and hopefully uh, Cornhusker wrestling fans will show up and, and support the team. Um, and so that's all happening as we speak. Volleyball uh, has had a little bit of a roller coaster the last couple of weeks, but they – uh, they have won their last two games against Maryland and Indiana. Um, and they, I think they have three or four conference games left before um, the regionals start. So there's a lot happening with Husker athletics. However, <laughs> all of that fails in comparison to the excitement that <laughs> happened today, which is a total and complete surprise the Nebraska baseball schedule for 2022 was released. <laughs> My heart goes pitter-patter. I wasn't aware that it was going to happen today. And one of our fellow uh, coordination uh, members, Aaron, was all excited about it as well. But um, we're not going to dissect the schedule by any means, but it is. I didn't see it. Is it better than Iowa's schedule? Much better than Iowa's. We're not <laughs> playing any high school teams. No high school teams. <laughs> Nebraska is not playing any Division three teams, and oh, they are God. not playing any Division two teams. All of the games that Nebraska is playing this year are against Division one teams. It's interesting, though, because, you know, in the past, you usually counted on Nebraska starting the season with three different Southern trips. And when Coach Erstead was in charge, it seemed like they were always going to Arizona and California. And now that you got Coach Bolt, well, guess what? They are going to go to Texas, but they're only going down there for a couple of weekends, and they're going to play six games in four days against uh, Sam Houston down in Huntsville, Texas. And then they turn around the next weekend, and they're going to play a three-game series in Arlington against Texas Christian, TCU. Good baseball programs, both of them. Uh, but here's what's interesting. Once March rolls around, Nebraska is hosting teams three of the four weekends in March, including San Diego State coming the first weekend of March. Good quality baseball. The dirt bags from Long Beach State. <laughs> Long Beach State is coming to play in Lincoln, Nebraska, the second weekend of March. And so what's, what, what that says is Nebraska has arrived and they are able to attract warm weather, good caliber baseball teams to come to Lincoln, Nebraska and play. And hopefully we know what war, we know what March can look like. Uh, you know, March is a crapshoot. So. That's really different. It is. It, it is different. And um, I, I don't have the, obviously I can't remember it all, but Texas Corpus Christi is going to come up and play in March. I don't know who the other March series is against that they're going to, where they will travel. But um, anyway, so that's the excitement. Greg has joined us. He looks bewildered. He says, why the hell are they talking about Sam Houston, Long Beach State, the dirt bags? Well, that's because Todd and John are here and we're talking baseball. We waited for you. I John covered basketball. I covered wrestling. It's time to talk football, and you're here. I, I honestly, uh, I think one of the first words that I heard when I when I joined in was "dirtbag." So I just thought y'all were talking about me. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, it's a t it's a twofer. That's <laughs> what I'm How here for. How are you, Greg? How are things in Illinois right now? Uh, well, I'll tell you one bonus. Uh, perhaps the only bonus to living in the state of Illinois, aside from the fact that my family's here, is that the state of Illinois currently does not tax your retirement accounts, your IRAs and such. I mean, they'll tax everything else out the say. ass, <laughs> but well, we're holding on to that. So, so uh, you're, you're saying that when I retire for a second time in the state of Nebraska, maybe Illinois might be a destination for Todd Wolverton. I'd be more than happy to see you here. Uh, in the great uh, land of Lincoln. There you go. There you go. So, well, Greg, we, um, we, we have not talked about uh, Nebraska football. Um, yeah. 
what's uh, what's on your mind relative to Nebraska football? What uh... Uh, I think the, the couple things uh, that we learned uh, since last week. At least I want to make sure that my timeline is accurate. So if 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 I'm wrong, uh, Nate Gary's played his last uh, uh, game in a Husker uniform. Um, and Joe Doman. I'm sorry. Yeah. Nate Gary <laughs> played Nate his Gary last too. game about three years ago. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Uh, that was like a senior moment. <laughs> Thank From you. the youngin', John, the youngin' fucks up. Uh, it's all the gray hair. Make I just, you know, it, it, look, uh, we're recording this on what is essentially the early bird special of the week. It's Tuesday, <laughs> all right? We usually record this at the 11th hour. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So my brain is thinking that I'm already 80 years old. Uh, but you're right. Jojo Doman has played his last game as a corn husker. And the shitty part about it is he I, I I didn't see any like, you know, Big Ten weekly honors, but if that guy wasn't defensive player of the week after the Ohio State game, then there are grave injustices in this world. Um what a phenomenal uh game he had uh against the Buckeyes a, a week and a half back. Um, you know, I think he, he forced the fumble, had the interception, had a, a couple nice pass breakups. He's been doing it all along. You know, I asked the question several times and I've always been surprised by the answers, especially since, you know, the, the other option is, is, or was, or has been in the NFL, but you know, you get to pick between Nate Gary or Jojo Doman and, and resoundingly John, especially has been, well, Jojo Doman, um, they, I hear a baby crying, so I'm going to have to go. Um, that's why I'm – and it's literally right above my head. So, um, it's been fun. Uh, <laughs> go Big Red, and I'll try to be back later. Okay. okay. We'll, say, we'll say we'll keep your seat warm there, Greg. Thanks. <laughs> See you guys. Well, John, he brings up, you know, kind of an interesting point there. Um, you know – a couple of things relative to Jojo Doman. Uh, it's it's sad to see his uh, career end uh, before the last two games because Lord knows uh, Nebraska could use him against Wisconsin and Iowa. There's absolutely no question. But, you know, here's a guy who has played um, at Nebraska during you know, arguably, you know, the worst uh, run of seasons that we've had. But the guy has, you know, I've, I've used this expression before, you know, you carry him out on his shield. He has been a warrior. He has been, uh, you know, uh, he's given everything I think that you could ask from him, you know, and, and Greg threw the question out there, you know, Jojo Doman, Nate, Jerry, Gary, um, for me, it's easy. Um, I don't think Jojo Doman was ever ejected from any games because of stupid ass uh, hits uh, whether they're out of bounds by, you know, five yards or whether he led with his helmet like uh, Nate Gary tended to do from time to time. So for me, it's it's not an argument. Uh, I'll take Jojo Doman uh, over over Nate Gary anytime. Yeah, I think the thing about Doman, he's, he was one of those guys that you knew wasn't going to quit ever. And I guess we're going to see Isaac Gifford in his place. And, you know, there's been a lot of people commenting and lamenting like, oh, we're going to lose so many good defensive players. Well, the key to having a good program is uh, next man up is going to be the guy that makes you forget that JoJo Doman was here. And that may sound mean, but you hope that Isaac Gifford is up to the task because uh, who was it? Jerry Seinfeld said we root for the uniform. That just sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'd like to think that's who we root for. I mean, I've always been the guy who, you know, team before me. Um, but, you know, even then when you say that, uh, I think both of us, and we've done this on different podcasts from time to time, we certainly have our favorites. We have those players that that wore the, the, the scarlet and cream that rise above all others. And, you know, if, if I were to rank my top 50 Cornhuskers, is JoJo Doman going to be on that list? Probably not. But at least in probably, I, I don't think. In so. the 50? Top 50? 
Maybe. Okay. I'll, how about I just throw, I'll just throw that wishy-washy maybe out there. Okay. Um, but, um, you know, it, when you talk about what are you going to call Jojo Doman, you know, Nickelback, you're going to call him a linebacker. What are you going to call him? And, and uh, you know, I don't know, but certainly within the last four or five years, he's been one of the absolute top players uh, that, that Nebraska has had. There's, there's no question in my mind. Um, I'll take Randy Gregory and Kenny Walker as pass rushers over him anytime. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, and have you watched Randy? Have you seen Randy Gregory play? You know, I, I, I have uh, done everything I can to avoid watching the Dallas Cowboys because I hate them. Uh, (laughs) but I am told, I am told that Randy Gregory this season has been just an absolute beast. I mean, like it's incredible the way he's been playing. He's been a force. Yeah. I mean, you watch him play and you realize why they kept him around after all the problems he's had. And you kind of just watch it even for a quarter. You're like, holy shit. But, you know, John, when Randy Gregory was at Nebraska, you know, there was that era. I mean, we, Randy Gregory and Dominican Sue, you know, those two guys, same era. Either one of those guys could take over a game. Either one of those guys yeah. could influence the outcome of the game. No question. And, what, what surprises me about Randy Gregory, um, again, I haven't seen him play this year, but being out as long as he has, I guess maybe on the positive, that saved a little wear and tear on his body, maybe. Um, but, you know, he's not, a, he's not a spry young man anymore. And to be playing at the level that he's playing at, um, that's, that's pretty incredible. You know, think, thinking about Wisconsin, could JoJo Doman ta- have taken over that game? Of course he could have. If we, if when you deal in hypotheticals, everything turns out your way. But it would have been nice to see him against Wisconsin because uh, Wisconsin's a team that I did a Wisconsin podcast earlier today, and you know, at the beginning of the season, Wisconsin. Uh, was a mess. They really were. They were just a shit team. Their offensive line was terrible. Uh, Jalen Berger was dismissed from the team, a four-star running back that they were counting on. Uh, you know, Graham Mertz was a turnover machine. Their defense was good, but Wisconsin was a mess. They're no longer a mess. They have like six straight wins. And, you know, one of the reasons, why do you think that is, Todd? Why do you think, Todd, why do you think Wisconsin has suddenly got their shit together? I think because they have a system that works and it just took time, you know, for all of the parts to sync together and, and move in the same direction. Um, you know, the linemen, offensive linemen have figured it out. Graham Mertz, you know, <laughs> yeah, turnover machine. But finally, apparently, he is uh, recognizing uh, what the defense has given him, and he's taking advantage of it. Um, well, let's talk about that for a minute. Do you think it's because the coaches made adjustments for the players that they had or because they have a system and they know what their identity is and that's what they're going to form themselves around? I think both. I think uh, both. Yeah, but you got, I'm making you pick one. Okay, I'm going to pick the system. Okay, you are? Yeah, I am. Because uh, – you know, the, the, the Wisconsin uh, offense, we're talking offense. I mean, because the Wisconsin defense has been strong. They've yeah. been better than good. They've been strong all season. So let's right. talk offense. And, you know, you know I'm going to hedge a smidge here because I think that at some point they recognized what Graham Mertz can do and what he can't do. They probably quit asking him to do the things that he's – shown he can't and they really focused on they they simplified what they're doing within the system that they have in place when you watch wisconsin play they don't look any different they didn't look any different last week or the week before than they did four or five years ago it's the same offense they've just said okay tear that page out tear that out you know they're they're not asking graham mertz to do as much as they did in my opinion well, they've let's think about that. They've recognized that Graham Mertz isn't 
the first team all Big Ten quarterback that they thought he was going to be when they put him out there on the field his freshman year. Okay, you compare that to Nebraska. Nebraska started out this season losing to Illinois, and they've lost a bunch of one-score games since. We didn't adjust. We didn't do anything. We didn't figure it out. What, what is the difference? Why, why did Wisconsin figure it out and Nebraska's offense hasn't? You think it's all about? Well, you're going to go back to that, and I hate this term, but it's because Nebraska doesn't have an identity. They don't have a system. You know, every game – that offense looks different every game. Don't they, John? I mean, yeah, they do. They, I mean, it, you, you watched them. My thing about that. I remember my post reaction video for Illinois. I, I complained about the fact that Illinois defense sold out completely against the run. And we ran zero. we almost ran no misdirection plays whatsoever. And then later in the season, we suddenly start seeing option stuff. Well, if you're going to fucking do that, why didn't you do that? Why weren't you prepared to do that against Illinois? Well, and then even, even then, John, the option is kind of ebbed and flowed. You know, the last game we didn't, you know, Ohio State, we didn't see the, you know, the, the option used to the same extent that it was previously. And again, it, I said it last I realize if I have a 50 Hot Wheel cars, I want to play with all of the Hot Wheel cars, not just my favorite Hot wheel car. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Tim Beck. Thank you, Sean Watson. Thank you, Scott Frost. We understand that you are brilliant offensive minds and your playbook is thicker than anybody else's. And you have more things that you can do from these different sets and this different kind of motion than anyone else. We appreciate that. Kudos. Here's your gold star. Now simplify the goddamn thing and do what works. So you think we can do that against Wisconsin this week? What, what is going to happen to our offense without an offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach? I mean, do you just cut those things out of your team? And it, not could only be, do we not have an offensive coordinator, we do not have a run game coordinator. Both of them were fired. Huh? Tom Osborne did everything. He didn't even need other coaches, right? No, oh, did he even have other coaches? I don't think Tom Osborne, he didn't have any assistance for crying out loud. He ran the whole show. <laughs> John, you know, to be honest with you, I have no idea what to expect this weekend. I don't have a clue. And I read, I read somewhere that, you know, one of those, uh, oh, where they crunch a whole lot of numbers and, you know, figure out what percentage chance the team has to win and all that kind of stuff. Saber metric, whatever, hoo-ha. And I read something that Nebraska has a 66% chance of winning one of their final two games. Well, that's pretty good. Are you kidding me? If, if, if they win either of these games, um, Gee, many Christmas. Give Scott Frost a raise. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, John, there's – when the bye week, when we moved into the bye week and Trev Alberts had his meeting with Scott Frost and he pretty much signed off on Scott Frost – dumping four coaches with two games left in the season. In my mind, that means those two You're just writing off the rest of the season. Pardon? You're just writing off the rest yeah. of the season. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, what? Maybe I'm wrong. Here's, here's what I believe. We will see how committed the offensive players are to Scott Frost. We will see. Oh, that's a good point. We will see if they believe in him, if they trust him, um, based upon how hard they play. And, 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 and do they commit uh, in these next couple of games? Um, you know as well as I do, when you get into any kind of an organization like that, especially – when you're dealing with, you know, uh, 18 to 23 year olds, 
and, and in, on a football team, their loyalty is always to their position coach, always. And um, well, we already we've already lost Sevy and Morrison. Apparently, the portal tra- or the transfer portal sounds like there might have been some other things going on there, maybe. Um, but are you surprised? I'm not. No, I mean he. I think. He looked like a, I think he looked like a good back, but I think it also showed Yamp and uh, oh come on, Ramir Johnson. Yeah. I think they they yeah. both were doing better than he was, you know. And you still have Gabe Irvin sitting out there somewhere. You still have Gabe Irvin out there, and you got Step at least in this season, right? Um, you know, and and unless you're Minnesota, uh, why would you need five running backs? Um, you know, uh, <laughs> so we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I got to uh, let me let, um, we're not to prediction time. Okay. I have a, I have a hard time believing that Nebraska is going to play well this week. I just don't, I just don't know how. Um, you know, the defense may be, you know, uh, you know, maybe as, as, as strong as they've been all season, but I just don't know. I'll tell you how it's going to happen, Todd. Tell me. Adrian Martinez is going to go out in the first series. Nebraska is going to go three and out starting on offense. Wisconsin is going to get the ball, drive it down our throats and go up seven to nothing. Adrian Martinez is going to turn to Scott Frost and say, fuck you, man. I'm calling plays. And he's going to go out and he's going to start zinging the ball all over the field. Just a Omar Manning, Oliver Martin, Avante Brown, some guy we've never even heard from Chancer Brewington, uh, Austin Allen. Boo! Would you, would you, would you, would you, we're going to see an offensive genius come to the field named Adrian Martinez as he lights up Wisconsin for 450 yards in the first half. Um, what's, what's the weather like in your world, John? Um, well, the sun, the sun was blue today. <laughs> I, you know, and here's, I guess there's a difference between, um, what I hope happens and what I think is going to happen, you know, more than anything else. I hope that Nebraska shows up and plays like they did against Ohio state. I, 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 I hope they do. And if they play as well as they played against Ohio State, they they have a chance to beat Wisconsin. Um, and but Jiminy, you know the, the the Nebraska hasn't won the physical part of the game against Wisconsin since before Bo Pelini. I mean, yeah, the, we haven't well, won in Madison since sixteen forty three. Yeah, and in 1643, you were just a twinkle in your mama's eyes. You know, that's a long time ago. And it is. I, I just I don't know. I Wisconsin in me in my opinion, these are programs that are going in, in opposite directions, uh, at least as far as this season is concerned. And um there's you know, Todd, I, if we win the next two games, we could get into a bowl game. I understand that. I understand that we could because, you know, our team GPA is going to carry them to a bowl with a five and seven record if they win them both. You know, okay, so I mentioned earlier that we had, you know, this one guy or whatever computer says that they have a 66% chance of winning one of the last two games. Who do you think they have a better chance of beating, John? Wisconsin or Iowa? Iowa. Iowa. Yeah. I I would agree with that. Because their offense is terrible. They are. But they also are using a new quarterback who seems to have injected a little bit of energy into that team. And you know as well as I do, at least one time, probably at least two times, <laughs> they're going to run that zone running play. And those linemen are going to move in concert with each other and totally seal off the outside and 
that running back from Iowa is going to go for 70 yards. It's going to happen at least once. Did, did you watch the Minnesota-Iowa game? I did not. I did not. Oh, see my that. God. What I First of all, P.J. Fleck should have won that game, but he didn't because he's a twit. I mean, he lined. He had momentum on his side. He lined up and tried to kick a 50-yard field goal, yep. and he missed because they're not that good at kicking those types of field goals. And then he gives Iowa the ball at midfield, which might as well said, Iowa, here's your Christmas present so you can keep your lead. And then P.J. gets toward the end of the game, and he goes for it on a fourth down like on his own five. Do you know what Iowa did? Nothing. And they kicked the field goal, which gave him a chance to get the ball back and win the game. That's – I. Did some of the stuff that goes on in these football games is flabbergasting. I, you know, I realized Kirk Ferenz hired his own son to run a really terrible offense, and they're playing this Padilla kid that's uh, been better than Spencer Petrus, but not really by much. No. So, I don't know. It, I guess if we, if, plus, if we were going to win one of these two games, it'd have to be Iowa, just because it'd be the last game of the year, and at least you could go into the next. You know, you could go uh, on an up note, you know, instead of a, gee, we kept the coach in his fourth year who went three and nine. Well, I just think that the difference is going to be where the game is played. You know, the the, playing Wisconsin on the road up in Madison, we got Iowa at home, even though they haven't beat Iowa at home the last couple of times they've played. Um, And the last thing I want to see is some little – five foot eight shithead kicker from Iowa <laughs> running around. Well, and the kicker they have this year is from Lewis central at council Bluffs, So that makes it even worse. Um, you know, prancing around the field, puffing his chest off because he kicks a 58 yard field goal to beat Nebraska at the end. But um, I, I don't know. I, I just, it's the unknowns. We do not have any idea where the emotions are with the Nebraska football team right now, where their minds are at. We don't have a clue. And I think that we will learn very early in the Wisconsin game. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. How strong are these offensive players committed to Scott Frost? How loyal are they to Scott Frost? Are they going to play for Scott Frost? We don't know. Yeah. Well, you'd hope they would. Otherwise, I, I, otherwise, I we just put off we just put off this thing for a year. Well, speaking of putting things off for a year, did you see Kansas beat Texas? Yes, I loved it. God, that was beautiful. It was the it entire was nation was behind Kansas, and you know, you just kept thinking, "Oh my God, they're going to screw this up!" Oh, Texas, and, and the beauty. I mean, could it have been any better than overtime? And they say, "Fuck it, we're going for two. Right. And and then and then they throw the ball to a kid who hasn't even been in on offense all year. Exactly. And just some stump of a fullback catches that. And you can see in the replay, I mean, he's looking that thing in. I mean, you know, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And, um, you know, and, and uh, they're coached by Lance Leopold, who if you go back into the annals of uh, Corn Nation, uh, when Mike Riley was uh, released, (laughs) I think you'll find at least a few um, posts where Todd Wolverton advocated for Lance Leopold uh, being the Nebraska football coach. Um, But we'll never know how that would have turned out. (laughs) I think the thing, the interesting thing about that is, that is a direct counter to all the people that go, if we fire Scott Frost, he's going to come along coach from Nebraska. Well, well, that guy went to Kansas. See, and, and that's where I had an argument. Well, not an argument. I had a conversation with my mother who, <laughs> you know, she's she knows a little bit about football and she follows and she's a good fan. But, you know, I and we were talking about this whole coaching situation. 
And I said to her, mom, he doesn't even have any of his own recruits there. She says, well, they haven't been that good this year. How can you say he's a good coach? I said, he didn't have any recruits. They hired him like in July. Yeah. And, 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 and he showed up on campus and he has to put together a coaching staff. And, you know, no, they've had a horrible season, but they just beat Texas. They yeah. beat Texas. And who, who'd they have on the ropes earlier? Was it Oklahoma? Iowa they State? Played, I, think, I think they played. They haven't played Iowa State. They, I think, yes, they did play Iowa State. And Iowa State beat them bad. Beat them bad in Ames. Um, Remember they had, was it Oklahoma on the ropes? And there was an announcement that all, this, strong. I think all the students could come into the stadium for free. Yes, and then they, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Right. And then they lost and, you know, but I, you know, those are, they, he got, he has a win that's called a signature win that we don't have in four years with Scott Frost. Absolutely true. And, you know, you, you brought up Iowa state, you know, what a frustrating loss for them. But, you know, again, that was self-imposed. They were horrible in the first half. They let that game get away from him in the first half. Then they fought like hell to get back in it, tie the ball game up finally in the second half, and Texas Tech kicks a 62-yard field goal at the end to win it. And that that uh, destroyed any opportunity for Iowa State to get into the Big 12 playoff. I mean, you know, the dream season with everybody coming back, that Fiesta Bowl championship team. Right. You know, that that's that's not going to be that they'll still, you know, probably get a, a decent bowl bid. But, um, you know, and, and you know, was there anything better last weekend than hearing fans cheering SEC, SEC, not only in Austin, Texas, but down in Waco when right. they took it to Oklahoma? Uh, you know, fuck you, OU, and fuck you, Texas. You know, <laughs> those, those guys, those teams going to the SEC. I'm glad Nebraska never went to the SEC. <laughs> well, and here's what I hope I hope that the Big 12, even though the Big 12 does have a plan for the future now, you know, bringing in some more schools, I hope they don't let them walk out of, of you know, the contract. I hope. OU and Texas have to stay there for a couple of more years or they, or they force them to pay an exorbitant amount of money to get out of there. <laughs> should we, should we do predictions? We can do predictions. Um, for I was up, I was up till 1130 PM last night working on a system that was failing miserably. And then I got up at six this morning and dealt with I was, this work schedule has been hell. Yeah, I know you've been really busy. I, I tell you what, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm out in Scotts Bluff, so you know I've got that hour differential. But to be honest with you, I've had I've had two nights so far of the most sleep I've had in a long time, which wow. has been kind of nice. But predictions: um, Wisconsin, Nebraska this weekend. Um, I I I don't see how Nebraska wins. I wish I was more positive about it. Um, Honestly, Do you think it'll be a blowout? I I don't think the defense will let it be a blowout. Right. I think it – I'm going to throw uh, – for the first time this year, first time, I do not see a team scoring 35 points. <laughs> okay. I think we're looking probably in the ballpark of thirty of, of uh, twenty eight ten. Okay, uh, so an eighteen point win for Wisconsin. I think so. I, well, earlier, I, or, okay, go ahead. I just don't know. I don't know what the offense is going to yeah, do. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, I I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I did the Wisconsin podcast earlier, and what I said was Nebraska is going to come out having nothing to lose. And they're going to be wings in, and they were going to play aggressive. They're going to throw the ball all over the field. They're going to tear Wisconsin's defense up in a way they haven't seen all year. And Nebraska's going to win 35 to 10 or something like that. And then he, the guy goes, is it, is it Really? And I said, No, fuck, we're going to lose by one score for God's sakes. What do you think? That's what we do. That's who we are. That's who we are. So maybe I, mean, I should. Wisconsin- 
Wisconsin is an 11.5 point favorite. So, you know, it's probably going to be something like 24 to 17 Wisconsin. You know, maybe we can do something. I don't know. Maybe Graham Mertz will go back to being a turnover machine. If, if, if the offense does come out like you described just a moment ago with a nothing to lose attitude, and I don't think they can wing zing it all over the place, but I think, you know, it, well, who knows? But who has Wisconsin played? Nobody. It's capable that is capable of Samare Tort. Remember the beginning of the Northwestern game? They just said balls out, and bam, and good yes. things happened early, and then good things kept happening. Well, who's Wisconsin played on defense, on offense, that is anywhere close to what we're capable of when we want to do that? When we don't have some puss boy holding back Adrian Martinez for being the quarterback, he can really be Todd. Well, if <laughs> I don't disagree with what you're playing, but is this going to be the Nebraska offense that we saw play against Ohio State? Is this going to be the Nebraska offense? You know what? What Nebraska offense is going to? Show we don't up? know, but neither does Wisconsin. Well, you're you're right. But I still maintain we can come out in a front that takes away a third of their playbook or most of their playbook. Oh, how about two tight ends and 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 uh Jacques Yant on the field? How about that? How about in a Yant is the fullback? No, no, with two tight ends, they don't need a fullback. Oh, yeah. What about seven offensive linemen? Ooh. <laughs> what do you what do you what are you seeing, PJ? I think it's a Burt move. <laughs> um, what if Adrian goes up to Scott right before the games and says, it's time you start Logan, you son of a bitch. The sun is blue <laughs> in your world, John. Is that what you said earlier? Um, hey, I, I think about all possibilities and all perspectives. Well, I, I don't know. I, it would be wonderful to sit down on Saturday afternoon and watch Nebraska play uh, an exciting, hard-fought game. And if they get beat by one score, you know, so what else is new? Um, I just don't have the positive vibe that that's going to happen. What about Xavier Betts on repeated jet sweeps and we'd lead 42 to 10 at half? If anybody knows how to defend the jet sweep, it's Wisconsin. No, they don't. They just knew, knew how to run at one time. Um, Greg has uh, rejoined us via Slack, and he has offered his prediction. 28-24 oh. Cornhuskers. Oh, well, there, there you go. See, that's positive. Greg. <laughs> Greg tends to be, you know, he's not an old and crotchety get off my lawn like the two of us. He's the eternal optimist. I'm, I'm not old and crotchety. I've been up <laughs> since 11. I've been up until 11 o'clock. All those sons of bitches that I have to work with, with all these server issues, and this cybersecurity stuff. If, if any of those CEOs had any fucking idea of what I have to do to make their companies work, by God, when you work with people that only hear what they want to hear, they don't pay any attention to what I'm actually saying to them, how can you have any meaningful dialogue with people like that? <laughs> no, I never said any one of those things in public. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <sighs> truth okay hurts. truth hurts john truth hurts well god damn it and i had to i had to defend myself on on coronation last week i i was accused by one of our wonderful iowa hawkeye fans that joins us on a regular basis of of being a communist because you've labeled me as such you know that i came from the people's republic of china i had to remind them i'm not a communist I'm a socialist. There's a difference there. There's oh, my difference. God. There's only a fine line there. Did I give a prediction? We gave predictions. You gave a prediction. You said something like 24-17 is what you said. Yeah, something like that. And I'm saying 20 and, and I'm saying 28-10.
Okay. So I guess what I'm saying is that Wisconsin will cover. You're saying they won't. Right. I don't know how people bet on this stuff with the <laughs> without going, ah, I'm throwing my money away. I'll tell you what, the way the NFL looked last week, if you <laughs> holy moly, you talk about chaos. It's not just in the it's not just uh division one college football. That's been a little bit crazy this year. John, we should probably wrap it up. We're we're kind of drolling on and on. Um, you know, there are two more games left and um you know, I'm a Nebraska football fan, just like you, John, and just like so many other people in this state. Uh, I, I'm excited to watch our team play again. It is, uh, it's frustrating that we only have a couple more games that we do get to see them play each year. Uh, the one thing for sure about uh, no, the Nebraska Cornhusker fans is that uh, we, we, we invest. We invest in our team, and um, uh, we, we want to see them play. We want to see them play well. Um, it's important to the entire state. And um, hopefully uh, I'm wrong. Hopefully my prediction's wrong. I would, I would love nothing, nothing more to see uh, our boys walk out of Camp Randall Stadium with a win. I uh, hope they can do it. It would be wonderful if they can. And that would also send a message that, you know what, maybe we are close. Like, is so often <laughs> close. <laughs> So anyway, um, I think we're going to wrap it up, everyone. This is uh, Todd Wolverton, uh, your, your host for this evening on the Five Heart Pack podcast, where we want to remind you that five hearts are all the hearts you need. Uh, and I've really butchered that. That just really sucked for a sign off. So I'm going to say to you, John. Believe in Fred. Go Big Red. I like that, John. Believe in Fred. Yeah, yeah, I, you know, I had the other, the, there is no hope, fuck everything, go Big Red. So I'm going to come up with something for basketball. Believe in Fred, go Big Red. Yeah. 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 I Until like the season, yeah, you know, unless the season goes really horrible, then I'll be. Fred is dead. <laughs> I wasn't going there. But you know, go ahead, just boom. You just but, wham, you know, maybe, I should, right maybe I should be a little more cautious because we are dealing with a guy with a heart issue. Yeah. So not so funny. <laughs> go big red. Okay. Is that it? That's it.